Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barra, and joining me is Brian. Hello. Woo. All right. So today we are talking about no idea why this topic came to my head, but it just randomly did, so I went with it. All right. Marathons and the people that cheated them. Because I guess that's a big problem. Probably. Because of all these like cheaters have been within the last like 15, 20 years. Oh, man. Yeah, so... I'd have to assume it's been going on longer. It's just we have technology now to catch them. Yeah, probably. So the history of the marathon goes back to ancient times, rooted in a legendary event from ancient Greece. It uh, revolves around the Battle of Marathon. Um, so Battle of Marathon, Greco-Prussian Prussian, Persian Wars, not Prussian. Prussia wasn't a state yet. Greco-Persian Wars. Yes. The Persians were getting ready to go and destroy Athens because they were kind of upset with the Athenians. Um, and, well, there's going to be a battle at a place called Marathon. Um, the Athenians are going to be victorious, but the legend says there was a runner named Pheidippides. That's probably right. Hopefully that's close. Uh, he was sent from the battlefield to Athens to deliver the great news of the victory and urged the city to prepare for a potential naval attack by the remaining Persian fleet. Um, according to the ancient historian Herodotus, Pheidippides ran approximately 25 miles from the battlefield of Marathon to Athens to deliver the news. Upon arriving in Athens, he said to exclaimed, Rejoice, we conquer, before collapsing and dying from exhaustion. Some accounts even say his heart exploded. Huh. Um, but historical accuracy of this account is debated among historians as ancient sources vary in their details. But Herodotus is kind of the go-to guy in terms of ancient history, so we'll just go with him. All right. He's considered like one of the did he pioneers say, of historical writers. Did he say that uh, Pheidippides' heart, heart exploded? I do not remember. All I right. had to read it at some point long ago. Okay. okay. Do they have like an annual marathon marathon? I think they do. Actually. Oh, actually? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so the modern revival of the marathon can be attributed to the efforts of Pierre de Coubertin, the founder of the modern Olympics. Um, Coubertin introduced the marathon in 1896 at the first modern Olympic Games as a nod to ancient Greek legend and with the initial Olympic Games being in Athens, it only made sense. Uh, the winner of that race was Speridon Lewis of Greece. Mm. Yes, and he becomes a national hero. Um, after that, the marathon becomes more and more uh, um, more and more popular. Um, standardization and growth occurred after that. Um, but what happens is from like 1896 to like 1908, you see differences in the marathon and the rules and the distance and all that stuff. Go back and listen to our great episode on the 1904 Olympics. Oh, I was about to say that. Yes. Yes. Learn it's such about, a good one. Learn about, all about how stuff goes one. Um, Some dude got poisoned by an apple in the middle of it. It's... And the two other guys got chased by dogs. Yeah. Someone died well, we don't want to give the episode uh, yes. away. Yeah. Go listen go to it. Go back and listen. It's, yeah. It's a... 
bunch of shenanigans. It's a doozy. <laughs> so it wasn't until 1908 that the London Olympics at the marathon distance was officially standardized to so approximately 26.2 miles, the distance from Windsor Castle to the Olympic Stadium. There you go. Also, when you see that 26.2 sticker on the back of someone's car, that means they ran a marathon. Uh-huh. I always thought it was some like really weird radio station at first. <laughs> I was like... Tune in at 26.2. <laughs> the runner. Um, so after that, distance has become standardized. Um, and after that, marathons continued to grow and grow and grow over the 20th century in popularity. Um, it became a symbol of human endurance and determination. Today, marathons are held all around the world, ranging from large-scale, internationally recognized races like the Boston Marathon, Chicago Marathon, New York Marathon, London Marathon. Um, and I feel like just about every other weekend here, we have some type of run going on for charity or something like that. Um, There's a lot of triathlons. Yes. Yeah. I think there was one last weekend. Oh. It was supposed to be into our lake. Got poisonous. Wait, what? <laughs> No, I didn't hear that. There was an algae bloom or something. That oh, was like all right. Detrimental to health. They told you to stay away from the lake. All right. Uh, so marathon has evolved from a legendary feat of ancient history to a globally celebrated sporting event that challenges athletes and inspires people of all backgrounds to push their limits and achieve their goals. So today we are going to look at the people that did not push their limits to achieve their goals. Instead, they cheated. Marathon cheats. All right. So the first duo here is a duo. group of brothers. Oh man, Sergio Matosening and his brother Arnold. All right. So they are they are from South Africa, and they were participating. It was called the Comrades Marathon. It's fifty five miles. Oh man, and it and they change the direction every other year. So one year you're going downhill, the other year you're going uphill. This year they were going downhill. Oh, all right. Um, so the 1999 event would see a scandal involving these two brothers. Two brothers had a similar resemblance. Sergio is going to finish ninth in the race and earn an award of about 900 pounds, or I think it was equivalent to like $600, something like that. Um, but no one knew who he was, and he had never scored any running scores ever before this. He just literally a random person just popped out of nowhere and finished ninth. Um, an investigation was launched after a runner who had finished behind Sergio claimed never seeing him during the race. He's like, I never saw this guy run by me. Like, how'd he get here? Um, initial, initial investigation found no harm was committed. However, as uh, photographs of the race began to circulate, the brother's scheme became more evident. Different photos from different stages in the race showed Sergio wearing two different watches. One was yellow and on a his left hand, the other one was pink and on the right hand. Red flags starting to go up after this. And then pictures started to appear showing Sergio running to, into the bathroom, wearing one set of clothing and quickly coming out wearing another. Uh, quickly it was realized that the brothers had switched spots during the race. Uh, the two men would eventually confess to cheating and were disqualified and banned for, I think it was five years. They said we were desperate, had no money, and wanted to make our mother proud. Uh, Sergio would try to get back into the race in 2010 after his ban was lifted, and he finishes third. Did he cheat at that one? He did. He got disqualified for using a banned substance. He claimed his drink was spiked, and when that claim didn't hold up, he said that 
he ate a uh, he ate a wild pig, and that's why his testosterone levels were up. Where was this? this is what, same Texas. same thing. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So that's first cheat. Something else. Alright, one of the more famous ones is Rosie Ruiz. Or Ruiz. Ruiz. I think it's Ru- Ruiz. How's it spelled? R-U-I-Z. It's Ruiz. Okay, probably Ruiz. 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 So Rosie Ruiz. 1979, she qualified for the New York City Marathon and was credited with a time of 2 hours, 56 minutes, and 29 seconds. The 11th woman overall. Enough for her to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Ooh, nice. Which is a bigger race. I didn't know, like, you had to qualify for it. I think I you get, like, like, automatic qualifications, yeah. Oh, man. All right. So her application for the New York City Marathon arrived after the cutoff date for the race. But she received special uh, consideration from the New York Road Runners due to her claim that she was dying of brain cancer. Why? So it was kind of like a make-a-wish thing. I like, feel like you shouldn't be running a marathon if you're dying of brain cancer. I guess I would believe that you probably wouldn't have the fiscal strength to do yeah. that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, yeah. So, no one thought anything of that, I guess. So after the 1980 Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon officials investigated Ruiz's run and concluded that she cheated and not run the entire course. So she is going to be retroactively disqualified from that. Um, and the reason why they think this is because they saw what happened at the Boston Marathon. So on April 21st, 1980, Ruiz appeared to win the Boston Marathon's female category with a time of two hours, 31 minutes, and 56 seconds. I'm assuming that's fast for a marathon? Yes. We got her first place. Well, yeah. (laughs) Her time would have been the fastest female time in Boston Marathon history as well as the third fastest female time ever. Wow. With someone with brain cancer. Uh, however, suspicions mounted about Ruiz almost from the beginning. Men's winner, Bill Rogers, who had just won his third straight Boston Marathon, noticed that Ruiz could not recall many things that most runners know by heart, such as intervals and splits. They're like, so what were your splits? And she's like, I don't do splits. Now, other observers noticed that Ruiz was not panting or coated in sweat, and her thighs were less lean and muscular than would be expected of a world-class runner. Uh, She later released stress test results showing her resting heart rate at 76, which is pretty high. Most Most female marathoners have a resting heart rate of in the 50s or lower. I think it's supposed to be at 60, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm so pretty she's, sure. She's already above that. I don't know. <laughs> um, addition, her time of 2 hours, 31 minutes, and 56 seconds was an unusual improvement, more than 25 minutes ahead of her time at the New York City Marathon six months earlier. When asked by a reporter why she did not seem fatigued after the grilling race, she said, I got up with a lot of energy this morning. <laughs> Some female competitors thought it was odd that when asked what she had noticed about the suburb of uh, Wellesley while running through it, she did not mention the students of Wellesley College, who traditionally cheered loudly for the first female runners as they passed through campus. Uh. Uh, Most seriously, no other runners recall ever seeing her during the race. Jacqueline Guerrero was told that she was leading the race at the 18-mile mark, 
while Patty Lyons is told she was second at the 17-mile mark. Ruiz could not have passed either, either of them without being seen. Several spotters at checkpoints throughout the course also did not remember seeing her and in the first group of women. <laughs> in addition, she did not appear in any pictures or video footage. Two Harvard students, John Faulkner and Sola Mahoney, recalled seeing Ruiz burst off a crowd of spectators on Commonwealth Avenue half a mile from the finish line. Oh, I feel like that's in a Seinfeld episode. Is it? Maybe. Probably. No, no. It's it's um it's about soup. Uh never mind. Not not the famous soup one, a different soup one. Another episode about soup? Well, um Kramer's like holding out a cup of it's either super hot water and one of the runners grabs it thinking it's cold water and dumps it on his oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't happen here. Yeah, no, but I don't know. It just, something about spectators just reminded me of that for because some reason. It appears she's not actually running. <laughs> uh, not long after that, freelance photographer Susan Morrow reported seeing her on the subway during the New York City Marathon and accompanying her from the subway to the race. She lost touch with Ruiz after that, but came forward when the news of Ruiz's dubious Boston wind broke. According to Murrow, she met Ruiz on the subway, and together they walked a distance to the finishing area. Ruiz identified herself as an injured runner. She was escorted to a first aid station. Volunteers marked her down as having completed the marathon, thus qualifying her for the Boston Marathon. New York City Marathon officials launched an investigation and could not find any sign of Ruiz near the finish line. On April 25th, based on this and other evidence, the Games Committee of New York City Marathon retroactively disqualified her um, and said it was impossible that she could have run the entire course. Later that week, she was disqualified from the Boston Marathon. While New York's actions seemed to have automatically disqualified Ruiz from Boston as well, Boston officials wanted to do their own investigation anyway. Garrell is going to be declared the female winner with a time of two hours, 34 minutes, 28 seconds. Wow. Um, Leanne was moved up, Lyon was moved up second. During a CTV interview in July 2019, Garrell said that she felt pity for Ruiz but had no ill feelings for her. 1982, Ruiz is going to get arrested <laughs> for embezzling $60,000 from a real estate company where she worked. She spent one week in jail and was sentenced to five years probation. I feel like one week in jail is a little light. Yeah. Embezzling $60,000. Also, I just did the math um, with, um, that's like five, that's like a 520 mile, like <laughs> pace for her time. And like, <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you run 26.2 miles at, that at a pace. five? Yeah. At that like, pace. I'm, like, people can probably do it, but, like, still, it's like you'd have to be, like, a superhuman runner yes. at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, she's going to move back to South Florida where she's arrested once again in 1983 for involvement in a cocaine deal. This time she gets three years probation. Ah. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> she's already on probation. So, and it literally happens a year after she's arrested for embezzling money. So she gets like double, more double secret probation. <laughs> double I probation. Um, at, after, as of 2000, she still maintained that she had won the Boston Marathon. However, an acquaintance, Steve Merck, said that she admitted to him a few months after the race that she had cheated, recalling that she jumped out of a crowd, not knowing that the first woman had gone by yet. Believe me, she was shocked as anyone when she came in first. <laughs> 
She will end up dying of cancer, though, at the age of 66. Oh, did she, like, actually have brain cancer? No. Oh. No. Not at the time, or, like, just... No. Okay. But, man, that's, that's, she's probably one of the most famous chiefs. Because she was caught. That was, like, national news and stuff. Next guy's name is Frank Meza. He was a 70-year-old physician. And in 2019, he finished the LA Marathon in two hours and 53 minutes, which would be a record time for his age group. He was averaging a six-minute, 37-second mile at, at the age of 70. I mean, he's a I physician. Even, I couldn't so even like, do that at the age of like 16. So I, I probably <laughs> can't do that, and I am 16. So Red flags started to go up when his closest competitor finished an hour behind him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. First rule of cheating is don't make it look obvious. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like maybe since like he's a physician, you know, like he he knows some secrets, maybe. So this is going to catch the eyes of Derek Murphy, who runs a website devoted to catching marathon cheaters. <laughs> okay, you must have got cheated out or something. Devote your life to that. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of the website. It's like called like marathoncheaters.com or something. Um, however, uh, Mesa is going to be disqualified once security footage showed him entering and leaving the track at different locations. Um, math would also play part in this disqualification. Dr. Mesa's actual running time for at least one five kilometer course segment would have had been faster than the current 70 74 age group 5K world record group said. <laughs> This would have been an impossible feat during a marathon. Yeah, like that's significantly more. Yes. Like you can't run 5K pace for 26 miles. No. Probably. Mesa would claim his innocence, though. He said, I just went to the bathroom and I was walking on the sidewalk to go find one. Uh, this would not be the first time he was accused of cheating. He was disqualified from the 2014 and 2016 California International Marathons for having irregular split times. And then sadly, though, because later in 2019, he was found dead. It was declared a suicide by blunt force traumatic injuries. Mm. I think he jumped off the bridge. Probably. While going on a run, his family said. Ah. They said he was training for another marathon. So that went on sadly. Uh, next guy is Anthony Gaskell. This one takes place in London. In 2010, after he was awarded the prize for fastest pensioner, which means a retired person in English speak, a London Marathon 69-year-old Anthony Gaskell was stripped of his title after it was discovered he cut 10 miles off the 26-mile race. The British grandfather admitted to taking the shortcut after an investigation revealed that his total time for thirteen uh, for miles 13 through 23 was below world record pace. <laughs> and they're like, oh. he claims he was injured after tripping over another runner and insists that his fake victory was all a mix-up. I have been called a cheat and disqualified from a race. I never claimed to have won, he said. I simply walked through a shortcut to end up. To the end of the course where my belongings were waiting for me, I had no idea that I crossed the finish line and won. <laughs> uh, the man who finished second, 66-year-old Colin Rathbone, will, was later crowned the winner and received a plaque for being the fastest pensioner. 
He ran the full race and finished just 38 seconds behind Gaskell's floating time. I feel like if like all these people have cheated at marathons just by taking shortcuts, it must be really easy to cheat at marathons. Yeah, I think so. Like, like if you're running a marathon where they don't have like all the tracking stuff, then like you can like, easily cheat. I feel like, like they should put like a, 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 a what are they called? The, the tracker, the little the Apple tracker thingies on you now. Yeah, like the the air tags. The air tags. Put yeah. Air tags on you. Um, so the results were investigated after members of a running club became suspicious that um, someone like Gaskell, who no one had heard about before, had the best senior time in a decade. After search of records from Gaskell's like, oh, so I guess he did have electronic timing chip. It was discovered that he bypassed a 10-mile stretch. All right, so I guess I do have. Yeah, yeah. Like, without all those, like, it's probably super easy to cheat and get away with mm. it. Uh, though he insists it was all a misunderstanding, Gaskell is uh, tough to believe when he says he had no idea people believed his time to be legit. After all, Rathbone the real winner is getting a plaque. It stands to reason that Gaskell received one after the race, too. Even if he didn't try to pass off the winning time as his own, he certainly didn't try to dissuade anybody either. But before you call it Gaskell, remember this. Though he may be a cheater, he's still a cheater who managed to run 16 miles at the age of 69. That's, yeah, that's still pretty yeah. good. And then apparently, maybe he did fall. Who knows? All right, last guy. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Stanislaw Scooping. Stanislaw is Polish for Stan. Ah. I once had a great uncle named Stanislaw. Or they call him Uncle Stash. All right. Did he have a wicked stash? I don't know. I've never met him. Oh, all right. Or seen pictures of him for that matter. Uh, by the way, in 2018, a 38-year-old man named Stanislaw Scooping finished a London Marathon and earned a finisher medal. Ooh. I think it's like... A, Do you get that for finishing it? finishing it, you get a medal. It's like a... I mean, yeah, it's a still... participation a, trophy. It's still a marathon, though. Yeah. Like. Um, and then he takes an official picture of himself kissing the medal and crying. Problem is, he only ran two miles. Scooping was actually a homeless, homeless man. Um, and he jumped the fence to join the race. When he noticed that a race identifier, so that's the bib that you wear with your number on it, was laying on the ground. So he just jumped over the fence, put it on himself, and finished the race that way. Uh, although he did not place, he did receive the finisher medal and other prizes that were given to those that finished the race. He said, I saw the number face up in the middle of the road. I knew if I had one, I would get a medal. My heart leaped. It was a dream come true. I had no thoughts of the person whose number it was. I guess he had dreams of finishing the London Marathon. I guess. It also gets like kind of sad. It's like I, I wanted my son to be proud of me. Oh, man. He throws that in a little bit later, though. Ah, That's okay. after the fact. All right. Um, Jake Halliday, whose number Stanislaw took, was actually running for charity, and he stopped the race after he lost his number. He's like, I'm not going to get timed anyway, so I'm just done. Um, Stanislav would later comment, I felt on top of the world finished the race for all the homeless people, proving you can achieve anything without money. After all, I ran nearly the full distance, didn't I? I think someone failed to inform him that it was 26 miles, not two. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, he was living at the airport. Mm. And then they, they find him, they arrest him, charge him with fraud. 
added three charges of theft that also occurred at the airport. And they could, they were convinced he did it. And he's going to spend 16 weeks in jail, which is 15 more than the lady <laughs> that embezzled $60,000 and got busted in a cocaine deal. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story of Stanislaw Skupin and all the famous cheats of the marathon. So apparently cheating in the marathon is common. Don't do it if you run a marathon. Yeah. Or just don't run a marathon. <laughs> you'll you'll probably get caught if, if you, you cheat. try cheating. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, yeah. I feel uh, like it would. So that's our second marathon podcast. Yep. Go you like marathons. Go back and listen to the first one. 1904 Olympics. It's it's really good. It's a doozy. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.